0: welcome to this Expert Insights Audio CD. I'm Donna Hanson from Prime Solutions Training and Consulting. Our Expert Insights CD series is designed to give human resources and learning and development professionals access to the latest trends, ideas, philosophies and approaches that impact on how organisations manage, retain, engage and recruit staff. We know that HR and L&D roles are all-encompassing and that it's often hard to find time to step outside your world and explore what's happening in other organisations. Prime's Expert Insights CDs are designed to provide you with concise information on topics relevant to you on a regular basis in a format that maximises your time and keeps you up to date with current trends in the industry. In this Expert Insights CD, we're talking with Marcia Zenitalis, on five ways HR and l and professionals can engage employees in the process of change. Before we start, let me tell you a little bit about Marcia. Marcia is an acclaimed international professional speaker, author, consultant and coach. Her experience in understanding the difference between communication strategies that simply inform employees about what's happening and those strategies that engage employees in the process of change distinguishes her from her contemporaries. Master's approach when working with organisations that want to realise the benefits of their business transformation programs and information technology investments is by conducting change management health checks. The purpose is to identify those uh aha moments that will create a paradigm shift in how employees and leaders think about the change process. A change management health check focuses solely on stakeholder engagement and is quite unique in this sector. Marcia's also consulted extensively on change communication. Her consulting experience includes experience in financial services, banking, health, resources, retail, education, logistics, telecommunications, insurance and government, as well as many others. Well, I wonder if there's any industry she hasn't been in. Welcome, Marcia. Hi, Donna. It's lovely to have you with us. Thank you. Marcia, why don't you tell us how you came to be a specialist in employee engagement and communicating change?
1: Well, I actually had the first internal communications role in Australia many years ago. And I guess my background started off in sales and then in HR and then finally in public relations where I worked in internal comms. And that gave me the opportunity to really understand business but apply it to internal communication and change. So a lot of my early work really focused around the customer experience. And that gave me the opportunity to see firsthand the change that happens with employees when you actually engage them in designing the change process and having input into it.
0: I guess a lot of people forget that um, internal and external customer Labeling, I guess that uh, you know internally we do have customers that are our colleagues and and it's important to have them as part of the communication and change process
1: Well, that's exactly right and it's always the people at the front line who can tell you where the opportunities are for improvement where the duplication is and if you only change this or something else or offer this to the marketplace they can tell you that it would make a significant difference because they're the ones who deal with customers on a daily basis.
0: So Marcia, what are the five ways HR and L&D professionals can improve employee engagement with change?
1: Well, there are five key things that I think they need to do, Donna. The first one is to understand that it's only process that changes behaviour. So what I mean by this is most of our change um, engagement focuses around getting leaders to just communicate what change is happening. But what we actually want is to put in place processes that ask employees and managers to behave differently and require them to do so. So I'm not talking something drastic in terms of process improvement, but actually putting an activity or an action in place where managers have to think about the change and do something about it, as well as employees. Which takes me to the second point, which is that all change has to be leadership-driven. I think the mistake that we sometimes make in organisations is to think that if we're managing the change process, that we own it. But in fact, all we're doing is acting as an enabler of change. If you don't have leaders owning and driving the change, then your chances of being successful in bringing about um, a great solution for an organisation is not going to be very good. The third one is to focus on the why and not the what. And what I mean about this is often we see organisations when they're communicating change, they're just merely uh, issuing information about what change is happening. So it could be, for example, we've got an IT system and we tell people, when it's going to be implemented, when the training is going to take place and so on. But it's never about the system or the change that's taking the place. It's always about why the change, what's the strategy behind it, why are we implementing this change? So that's why it's very important to focus on the why and not the what. Mm-hmm. The fourth is to communicate what the tangible business outcomes are that you're looking for. So often we implement change, but we don't actually link it to anything. But what we want to do is engage employees so that they can take some ownership and understand the reason for the change is because we need to see an improvement in market share, or it could be that we need to see an improvement in sales. It could be any number of things. But what you want people to understand is what are we going to measure, which brings me to the last point. You have to be able to measure what you're doing and you can only be successful if you measure it against business outcomes. It's never about measuring how people are engaged and how happy people are. That's one small measure. But the bottom line has to be, what impact have you had on business results? And then when you see that you've actually, um, if you're running pilots, that you're doing things successfully, then you implement and then you um, issue a reward and recognition program to really recognise people who have contributed and made a difference to the bottom line.
0: Excellent. So I'm looking forward to exploring all five of these in a little more detail and having some conversation because certainly what we're talking about here and particularly um, the IT changes that you've been talking about are the sorts of things that we experience working with clients, uh, you know, on a regular basis, you know, what um, what outcomes people need and um, how they're going to go about getting uh, those outcomes achieved and then, of course, measuring them. So excellent stuff. Okay. So let's explore the first one, Marcia, process changes behaviour. Tell us a little more.
1: Well, I think you need to design um, processes so that people can actually do something to impact on the change. Now, it will always be different depending on what the change is that you're implementing. But if I give an example where I was working with um, a whole lot of retail stores, and at these sites, the actual sales results is very poor. In fact, they were going backwards. They were losing money. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we did was actually put a process in place where we actually got the store managers looking at their bottom line and the figures that they were taking in, um, every week and then to share that information with employees and to have a conversation and a discussion about where are we losing money, what could we do differently and what processes can we put in place to monitor that. So you've actually got the manager in this instance actually leading the change, which is really important, but you've also got employees and the managers now behaving differently because you put a process in place where they have to have a conversation and actually do something as a result of that conversation. Often what we do is we just issue information, but we don't actually ask them to do anything. So in this instance, what we've done is we've actually said, let's take a look at the business takings every week. Look at the days of the week that are really good. Look at the days that are really poor. Look at the trends that are happening. Where are the sales happening? Are they happening with people buying um, important things that they need every day, like milk and bread? Or are people buying things incidentals that they don't really need, but they want to buy? And then how can we drive more of those sales? So that's one of the processes as an example. Another one is in the IT sector. So um, recently I've been um, involved in change around a risk management program. So we could have just implemented this IT system and just really not done much about the fact that it was a risk management system. But what we've done is we've actually taken managers looking at the system, sat down with them, and then had a conversation with their teams about risk. And to identify areas of risk in their workplace and in the day-to-day work that they do. And then to measure how how much they've improved in terms of their statistics on where people have been injured or not injured and so forth. So... It's Like I said, it's always about designing a program that facilitates conversation and action, and that's what's
0: important. Um, I guess, too, what what it raises there is – and I'm sure you see it as as regularly as we do – often organisations, they have an outcome that they want to focus on, and we tend to compartmentalise things from our own perspective – And what you're saying there is once you start to engage with other people and and put some context around it and perhaps share a a macro rather than a micro view, uh, then, you know, the behaviour actually changes because you're able to present some sort of reasoning as to why things might want to change.
1: Well, that's right. And so what you're looking for here is that you might find different parts of a business where their approach to risk has brought about a significant result. So then you would look at that and you would implement that nationally. You know what I mean? So you're giving the opportunity for people to take control of the change that you're trying to implement. It's not about the system. It's about the strategy behind it. The strategy behind it is to make risk a number one priority and to get people focused on that. The, the system itself is doing nothing more than reporting statistics and showing you the data, but you need to impact that data. So it's really important that people connect the dots and they understand the strategy behind the changes.
0: Yeah, and the change itself is really just the mechanism uh, and if the, uh, the human element of it isn't identified, worked with and, and set up correctly, that can impact on the overall uh, effect of the change. Oh
1: absolutely you'll never reckon you'll never realize the business benefits that you are looking for if all you're doing is focusing on the what you know if all you're doing is implementing a system training people in how to use it and so now statistics have been recorded more accurately that's not the end game so the end game is always about what is the business measure that we're looking for here what are we seeking to improve and when you focus on that you get a very different result
0: Excellent. All right, so are there one or two suggestions that uh, you could make for HR and L&D professionals uh, that they need to do or consider uh, to, um, you know, engage with staff around process-changing behaviour? Well,
1: the first thing I would suggest is about value-added questions. So when you're brought in to sit down with a manager and they're sitting down telling you that they're going to implement this new system and they need someone to manage the change, you need to get away from the normal response, which will be, we're introducing the new system, so why are you introducing it? Because it's no longer going to be supported and we need to update. That's not the answer. What you really want to know is, but why this system? Mm -hmm. And when you start asking those kind of questions, that's when they say, well, actually... It's going to have this feature and that feature, and then why is that important? And how does that connect to your business strategy? And what are you going to do with that information? So you're really probing because you want to get to the why, not what they're doing. And so value-added questions are really important. Otherwise, all you're doing is what a lot of people do. What's the name of the system? When's the system going to launch? Who are the stakeholders? What's going to be different? And really, you know, that's that's very superficial compared to the other type of questioning, which really gets a lot deeper. Yeah, and
0: and by getting deeper, that uh, that comes back to exactly what we're talking about is is improving employee engagement because people understand the you know the, the rationale behind it.
1: That's right, and no one should assume just because somebody's a leader that they see the connection either. Yep. you know, so you you really help in them, and the more you ask those value add type questions the more you move from being a doer and somebody who provides a service to the business to being a partner with the business, and that's where you want to be.
0: That's great, Marcia. So let's now talk about the number two change that you you mentioned, which was about things being leadership-driven.
1: That's right. So it's really important that, as I said earlier, you are, you are merely the enabler. You're designing the processes that are going to bring about the change. But you don't own it. Leaders have to own it. And employees will be looking up to their leaders for direction and involvement. So it's not enough just to give people something to communicate. You actually have to sit down with them and design activities and things that they can do, they can measure, and they can give you feedback on. So you're constantly looking for process improvements. Now... One of the things that's really important is, I think, to understand the context in which managers work. So often what I see in organisations is, for example, we might find an organisation where they have developed something fantastic that they want managers to communicate and they'll send out an email to managers and ask them to communicate it at the next meeting with their teams and there's like, you know, 20 links to different things in the document. There is no way a manager has the time And it really is disrespectful because you haven't stopped to ask yourself the question, can this stakeholder group really do what I want them to do? If I send out the email and hope and pray, will they actually open it and do it? And quite often the answer is no because it's just too hard and it's too hard because they're time poor. They haven't got time to read directions and open another link and open another link and open another link. So you've got to understand the context in which people work you try to incorporate change in their business-as-usual activities so leaders don't see it as another burden that they have to shoulder for the organisation because it's not their core activity, and that's and that's the issue here. It might be yours, but it's not theirs. And then the next thing to do is to design something so it's easy for them to drive and to roll out. So you really need, in the first instance, to understand the situation in which managers work. And in one big organisation, you will have many different areas. You could have a retail sector, you could have an office-based sector, you could have field-based staff. So every type of management and how many times they meet with their teams and so forth will be very different. So you need to understand that and tailor it accordingly if you want to get their buy-in to drive it.
0: Okay, so I guess the outcome from there or the, the takeaway is making the message easier to sell to staff and not uh, complicating it by the fact that you know so much about stuff. And I know um, from a training perspective, you know, we break data up into three different areas, things that you must know, things that are nice to know and things that you need to know. And depending upon how important they are determines where you position them. And I'm guessing in a lot of these cases you know, when um, when you're making change and you're imparting this information to the leaders who are going to spread the message out, you really just need to, to focus on that top level, you know, what must they know and keep it as simplistic as possible. Would that be right?
1: Well, that is right. And also to think about who are the people that they rely on? Who are the people that actually sit with them, whether it's their EAs, their PAs or whoever? and actually say to them, this is what you need to know, this is what you need to do for the meeting and so forth. So you might find these groups and you might start to develop and focus on them so that they're well-informed and instead of a manager just opening an email, they actually sit down with them for 10 minutes prior to the meeting and say, let me walk you through it, this is what you need to do. You need to make it simple, and but you still need to make it not only simple, but you need to be Um, able in that simple message to actually get them to do something to measure something and to bring you feedback so that's where sometimes we might call um, change champions or we have people at different um, levels within the organization because you need people who are um, your eyes and ears on the ground to give you the feedback so that you understand what is working and what's not working so you can keep changing and modifying as you need to.
0: I, I think that's a, that's a great thing and, you know, the, that might, I guess, form maybe focus groups where you might be looking at input and you, you really are taking a collaborative rather than a... Um, um, I'm not quite sure what the word is, not a dominant, but, um, you know, a, um, a, dictate, a dictatorial sort of approach and saying this is what's going to happen, but you're rather communicating and, and empowering the leaders to provide some input... Uh, to enable the change to be as effective as it can possibly be and engage as best it can.
1: That's exactly right. And if you just look at that example, you can see what I've done there. I've actually given it to the business and said, here it is, work with your managers and and do this in a way that suits you. So I haven't just flicked an email out and said, all managers, you've got to communicate this at your next team meeting. But what I've actually done is bring the groups together and said to them, here it is, You you deal with it locally because you know how best to make it happen. And the more you empower and the more you show that respect for the different type of work environments, the more they'll stop and listen and do what you want them to do. Um, It's never one size fits all. doesn't matter what organisation it is, big or small.
0: Good point. So, Marcia, number three was to focus on the why, not the what.
1: That's right. So this is always true for IT projects because I see it all the time, all the time. It's always about what's happening, what system's going to be implemented, when we're going to implement it, who's going to be impacted, when the training's going to happen, and really it's as boring as hell for anybody to read (laughs) How they put together intranet sites is beyond me because they think that people are going to actually go into that site and read about the progress of this new system. I mean, seriously, it might be a top of mind priority for IT or the project team, but for the average person out there who's got customers waiting at the counter or customers on the at the call centre or whatever, they've got no time to sit around and um, and cruise through the internet and look at how well your projects are going. But that what you really want to do is focus on why we're doing it. So let's just say, for example, we're implementing a company-wide new system. It will have a different impact on every part of the business. So you need to understand the strategic reason why and help people connect the dots. Because what you want them to understand is how what I do every day in my job, including the data that I'm now going to collect from this system and so forth, and how I use it, at the end of the day, is linked right back up to our corporate strategy and the goals that we've set as a company. And that's what you've got to do. You can't, you can't just assume people are connecting the dots. You've got to help them see that. And you can only do that when you focus on the why.
0: Uh, do, you, do you think there's an element of needing to sell the benefits of the new change, particularly when it comes to IT strategy, I, I guess, and IT systems? Human nature is we don't like change yeah. and we're often resistant to it. So uh, do you find in a lot of organisations, you you know, I know that we do, you've, you've got to sell people internally on the uh, the what's in it for me?
1: Absolutely. And what I always do is I go into an organisation initially, understand what the new system and the benefits will be, as the people who are implementing it think they are. And then I'll go around and I'll speak to focus groups of employees. And I will ask them what, I, what they like about the current system, what they don't like, and what be, would be really great if they had in a new system. And then what I'm trying to do is marry it together. So then I've got the benefits from their perspective, the end user, not from someone in corporate office who thinks this is great because now we'll be able to do A, B and C, but from the end user who says that's fantastic because you've eliminated this duplication or you've solved the issue where we've had to take the data and extract it and put Excel spreadsheets together or whatever. Now we can generate web-based reports, all that sort of thing, that they're sitting there day in, day out thinking, if only they fix this, I would save so much time. And so you're looking for the benefits that are important to them, not the ones that you assume are important because you're sitting back watching from a corporate perspective. I always talk about how important it is to create a paradigm shift in people's thinking. And you can only do that when you understand what's going to make them go, uh aha, that's fantastic. Now I get why we're doing it. That's great. And you'll only do that when you keep probing in a focus group and understanding what it is that they don't like about the current system or their current processes and what will be great because then you've found that um, that idea or that solution that is going to be so important to them.
0: So, Marcia, that's excellent stuff. Uh, let's get on to number four, uh, which was communicate the tangible desired business results. Can you expand a little more on that?
1: Sure. So let me go back to the example of the retail stores. So we had in every retail store, we had employees who would sit around with the manager once a week and look at the retail sales figures and how they were tracking. And then what they would do is they would implement changes and they would pilot them over a six-week period. And progressively every week at their team meetings, they would stop and look at how sales were going or where the losses were coming from and so forth. And when they've got a tangible goal or understand what the business outcome is that you're looking for, people get motivated because they get excited because they can see how they can actually contribute. So this is something that I can do in my job and make a difference and you actually want to listen to what I have to say. Ivan, above that, you'll also implement what I'm thinking and test it. So once you've been able to understand what the tangible business goal is, whether it be customer feedback or satisfaction or scores or whatever or in our case retail sales then you get employees to actually think about and really and think differently about their work because now that you've connected the dots for them very clearly that the way i do my work and the changes i make are impacting on those business outcomes so i'm not just coming to work doing a job and technically doing it well but i'm actually looking at how much i'm impacting on the business results so in the case of the retail stores We would pilot some ideas for six weeks, we would look at the results, and then the best results in the territory, which was about 12 stores, would actually get implemented statewide and then nationally. And that's how we made a significant impact on the outcomes on the business takings and so forth and return stores to profitability. Could never have done it if we were just sitting in head office and thinking about this is our goal, so this is what we'll tell employees to do. It worked because employees are at the front line and they know what customers like, they know their buying behaviours, they could see the patterns and they were given the opportunity to make a difference.
0: I guess, like you're saying there, the way to engagement is by taking away those walls that constrain people and they're only in their own little world, which might be their face-to-face interaction with customers, or it might be their internal interaction with their colleagues, breaking those walls down and enabling them to see the big picture and how they can actually impact on the organisation's either service delivery or bottom line results.
1: Absolutely. Look... You know, I'm constantly amazed when I read about leadership teams who are going away for a think tank to come up with a new strategy and then to tell employees what they've got to do. Um, It really should be the other way around, where the employees are contributing to what should be done and what they think would make a significant impact. And the best CEOs that I've come across... Are the ones who spend most of their time out of the office but not in meetings with their direct reports but going out and meeting with field staff and asking them what actually goes on out there with the customer. You know, really, because they know, the best CEOs know that the people who really know how to make a difference are the people at the front line who most organisations never tap into. So I think it's really, really important that... Somewhere in our change process, we find a way to engage employees and for leaders not to be threatened by, you know, being... Because they're not being bypassed. Where, and that's why it's got to be leadership-driven because you've designed an activity where they can stand up and say, look how I've managed my team, look how i will help them innovate and look at the results we're getting. So,
0: Marcia, the final way that you mentioned was about measuring, implementing and rewarding and and piloting. Let's explore that that one a little further.
1: So with all change, I think it's really important that you don't just go out and do it wholesale across an organisation, but you pilot first just to test what's working, what doesn't work. Now, obviously with IT systems, you know, any good IT project manager will pilot a system before going live Mm -hmm. um, across an organisation, but it, it applies the same if it's business transformation or whatever it is, because what you want to identify are the hiccups. And they could be things as simple as you've designed a message that is interpreted completely different by your stakeholder group, or you've designed some activity that is just too difficult to implement because of a certain time of year and, you know, embargoes and all sorts of things. So it's really important to pilot and to test and to measure. And that's, if we take the example of the retail store again, that's one of the things that we did do. We actually measured the results against other pilots that were going on and we implemented those that had the most significant impact. Um, in, I've also worked with organisations where we've designed um, online universities and we've actually had them linked to national curriculum and we've tried to get people who had hardly used a computer and were towards the end of their working life to actually do tests and exams online to help them towards their qualifications. And again, we piloted different ways with buddy systems, with all sorts of things, and also making the first courses very easy to pass. So in their mind it was nowhere near as daunting as what they thought it would be. So the fear barrier came down. So it doesn't matter what you're implementing, whether it's, you know, looking to transition people to online learning or whether it's to look at business results by stores or whatever it might be, at the end of the day, you need to pilot just to make sure that the system or the approach that you're using is going to give you the best outcome for change.
0: Yeah, that, that's all really interesting, Marcia. One one thing that, um, that I want to ask you about, because I see this all the time and I'm, I'm sure you do too, is organisations where, you know, there's some sort of change process and a business case has been prepared for the change process and the business case goes through all the numbers and says, OK, if we implement this solution, this is the cost savings that we're going to be experiencing and whether that encompasses a financial dollar amount, a reduction in staff or something along those lines. Um, I I find it um, surprising, and I'd be interested in your take on on what organisations are doing, whether they're incorporating the human element or whether you're seeing that organisations are actually including the training component as part of a business case that uh, that is implementing some sort of change.
1: Well, it's good to see at the moment um, a lot of IT projects do include a training component. Um, but, of course, training can be done in many different ways. It depends. You know, some some courses, some systems now are so easy to learn that you could just do online training. Um, others, though, um, require classroom or you select certain groups of people within an organisation who then become the on-site training buddy, if you like, and help people. Um, and I see it in business transformation programs too. So there wouldn't be a... Um, a change program, whether it's IT related or business transformation related, that doesn't now think, I need to get a change manager on board or a change lead. But the difference is in terms of what a, what that person does. And that's the difference between actually engaging employees and managers in the process of change or simply informing them. And that's the difference. And that's a distinction I've been trying to make this um, today, which is about, you really need to think about strategy and the reason why. And that's when you really add value to a business. And most people who sit in the business who are operational managers, they don't understand these things about change. They know they need to get a change person. They, need, they know they need communication. They know they need training. But they don't actually know the difference between engaging people and how you inform people and so forth. And so I think one of our... Um, things that we need to do is educate people better about what they should expect from a change lead or a change manager on a project. Uh,
0: look, that's that's great advice, and I know we're we're fast running out of time, Marcia. Um, I just want to come back and summarise the um, the five. Uh, ways that HR and L&D professionals can think to help improve employee engagement with change because, as we've said, a lot of the uh, need for change comes back or falls back into the HR realm or certainly they have some input in the the delivery and the management of that change communication. So the first one was uh, process changes behaviour. The second one was um, making it leadership driven. So empowering our leaders to educate their teams with the right message and the, the right message to market according to who they are, who their team is and what they're doing. To focus on the, the why and not the what. So talking about why the change is important and, and uh, joining the dots between uh, the corporate strategy and um, and what needs to be implemented locally. Mm -hmm. The fourth one was communicating the tangible desired business results, so what this actually means so that employees can look at where the strategy is to go with the change and uh, get an aha-type moment where they can see and and they can understand that their contribution is going to impact on uh, the change being successful. And the final one was to test and measure and implement and reward. And I, I think that the um, the value of this last step certainly can't be underestimated and that pilots are a, a fantastic way of um, of testing the waters and, and seeing what's working and what's not working and to be be tweaking things.
1: That's right. And because if you, people do get a buzz from contributing, but they get a bigger buzz when they're actually being recognised for their contribution, no doubt about it.
0: Terrific. All right, um, Marcia, that's some great insights on um, uh, how we can engage employees in the process of change. Uh, if some of our listeners are interested in getting in contact with you to, to find out a little bit more about what you do or how you've helped our, other organisations, how's the best way to, ca- to get in touch with you?
1: you no, know, the best way I think is via email. And so if they just email me at Marcia at communication at work.com. So that's marcia at at work.com. I'll respond to their email promptly.
0: Fantastic. Marcia, thank you very much for your time today and for your insights on engaging employees with change and informing, not informing, but engaging with them. Thank you for joining us for this Expert Insights Audio CD. For more information on Prime Solutions training and consulting and our services, visit our website, the three Ws, prime solutions with an s at the end net au until next time this is donna hansen of prime solutions training and consulting helping you work smarter and not harder with technology bye for now